Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So I went to my house today to take some new loads over. Because I was expecting Comcast to come over today and set up my internet and cable. And they were supposed to drop something off. And well, there was nothing there. So I don't know what they dropped off. I'm, I got the, the text message that said the technician is at your house. Once they finish the outside setup, they'll contact you I guess I never got contacted or I missed the call I'm not really sure but anyways I was going over there today to kind of check on things and uh, I had this big package of envelopes on my front doorstep with a note on the front from my neighbor because apparently when you buy a house they send you lots of solicitation things like home insurance and home warranties and you sign up for this they'll send you a gift card yeah well somewhere someone typed in a 36 instead of a three zero on my address. So my neighbor is getting all of my mail from all the solicitors. Oh, wow. My ex-husband still gets mail under my name and he's remarried with three children. And so, so like I I talked to the ex-wife, you know, you know, text message or whatever. And she sent me a picture of some junk mail that came to them under my name at their new address. And I was like, and it was for the Smithsonian of all things. And I was like, why would I get stuff for the Smithsonian? I'm not a brainiac. Well, I just feel like I'm already the asshole neighbor because all my spam junk mail is going to their folder or their, their mailbox. And then I was like, damn, and now they know my first and last name. And so like the secret is out if they happen to be a listener, you know, like, mm-hmm. so any sort of anonymity of getting past that, you know, is gone now. So, um, uh, at least the next one. And I, I know they all talk to each other. And then one of my like side, uh, like, so my guest, what, what, what's going to be my office faces the, the driveway of, of the community. So, like, if you look out that window, you can see the neighbors across the little walkway, and you can see okay. everyone's walking through there. So I happen to be in there. All my blinds are shut, um, but I happen to be in there kind of organizing some of the stuff. And I look out the window, and I see the, the sneaky uh, – okay, maybe I'm, maybe I'm adding to this, but it seems – Of course you are. <laughs> there, were t- there were two ladies outside when I pulled up, and they were kind of chatting across the way. And it looked like it would be the house – that had left a note on my, you know, on my doorstep. And so well, you I, have to just go back. And when you look at the address on the, on the. Well, mail. I know which one it is. There's no doubt. And that's why I'm saying, I think it was, so I'm putting, I'm kind of stacking where I got all the information for the experience, you know, but so I'm upstairs and I look out the window and I see the lady kind of walking and looking into my garage. I know left my garage open and she's like trying to do the, you know, discreet i'm not really looking into the garage but i'm gonna try to get a good look as i walk by Mm -hmm. like that is how i read her behaviors and whether that was actually what was happening or not i don't know but that is really what it looked like to me and i was like and that was after i'd seen the notes so i was like man they're definitely like oh what's got going on in there i i feel like a i'm I'm probably a nosy neighbor too like i might take a little have you have they physically seen you one time you as a person Yes, a little bit. Like I, I've yeah. met, a f- I've met like five of them. I think I met two husband and wives, and then a pregnant wife and her husband was in the house. Two, four, six. There's probably like twenty of us in the little community there. So it was just one of those like getting used to the. You know, I'm already getting notes from my neighbors. I'm like, great. I haven't even moved in yet, and I'm already pissing them off. You know. Hopefully, she's not like a easily offended person. And so I, maybe when I change my address with the mail with the post office, maybe that'll correct it. Oh, for sure. 
but that that was my uh new neighbor drama already so i'm already causing issues in the community oh did i tell you about my bike i so i found where the person lived i didn't go over there um it's not a very nice looking place no. so we just go ahead and decided you know what we won't snoop around this street um but then on my way home i was like you know what maybe i'll go and look at this bike place there's a bike place near my house and i just noticed it so i'm like oh let's see what they got and i'm looking around at their bikes and and i tell them what i had before and so he shows me a couple and you know tries to size me and they were you know five six hundred dollar bikes i was like okay well yeah these are nice whatever i don't you know whatever and um and he's like well do you really use a mountain bike and i said well i don't really do like serious trails or anything he goes well maybe you just need a bike like this what does he lead me to the one that's fifteen hundred dollars and i was like hmm i mean 600 is really too rich for my blood if you <laughs> want to be honest but then i was like fifteen hundred dollars he's like yeah i mean this is like this is the bike you want i mean i mean blah 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 and i said well i mean that's that's a little out of my price range. He's like, oh, 0% financing for 24 months. Not really in the market to buy a $1,500 bike. Like, why is it that you always get upsold? I don't understand. Well, because that's their job. They're salespeople, Aaron. I know, but still. So, like, wait, I, well, what was the deal there? It was 15 months financing, no interest? Oh, it was like 0% financing or some nonsense for 24 months. And it's like, okay, sure, that's great and everything. But What's well, like $50 there. a month? Yeah, I mean, I'm not in love with a bike that much. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he just told you that you didn't need all that much, and now he's trying to offer you all this much. Yeah, and what's funny is the bike, while it is a nice bike, um, you know, I wanted a bike with disc brakes, which is what I had before, um, but it's carbon, so it is a lot lighter, but the rest of it, I'm like, man, not really. I don't really see what's so fancy about this. And Other than it's the not fact like you're a BMX rider. What, what'd you say? I said, you're, you're not a BMX rider. No. And if anything, this was a city rider, you know, it's one of those hybrid bikes. So it doesn't have mountain tire bikes. It's got like this, um, uh, super thin bigger, wheels. Oh, not the thin wheels. That's a road bike. Uh, it's got the fatter wheels, but they're smooth versus like where a mountain bike's got all the tread on it. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, known? Yeah, I'm just, I, I guess it was just, I, I went in there on a whim just to see what they had. And then this guy's trying to sell me like a bike. Well, he's like, well, if you're in, if during a pandemic, you're trying to buy a new bike and you're looking at Cannondale's, you might as well go ahead and. And you know, what's so funny is how many people, every single store that I've been to, cause I've been to quite a few academies wiped out target wiped out the bicycles. Yeah. Nobody, nobody has them. Well, apparently, I mean, that's, that's the new craze to get out yeah. of the house, whatever it takes for most right. people. I, I, I mean, heck, I almost rented a bike over here on the corner just to go for a bike ride around downtown. But I said, you know, I, uh, I'm all right right now. I'm not really trying to, to get into I'm not really trying to exercise and get fresh air. Yeah. So it's a little <laughs> warm and I don't know who's been touching that bike. That's not well, I'm actually surprised they rented them out, but, um, it's funny to get fresh air you know, since we're working at home and this is, what are we on now? Are we going into, is it eight weeks? Oh, I think, I feel like it's been longer than that. March 11th is the day in my head. So we'll, there were how many days in March? So that's fr that Friday. Cause that was the last day of rodeo. So I'm opening my calendar on uh, March 11th was the Wednesday. They canceled rodeo. Friday was our last day in the studio. Would you say? I, I would say, Oh, I can't go back. Um, what yeah what would what was the date that friday that was the 13th friday the 13th and rodeo was, and what canceled was the, on the following 11th, friday the 20th so it's i either, think it was the eight it's I, I think the it was 13th the or the 20th was our last day in the studio yeah and actually for us yeah because we were we were there thursday i think it's the following week i think we were there until the following week because remember we were working as essential workers going in and then and then the guys over at sports all caught the bug and then all hell broke loose and by the way it wasn't the coronavirus bug it was just a bug but yeah i, I think you're right I, I i just i've counted 
I, I, March 11th is my day because that was the day that they declared the Harris County emergency health declaration mm -hmm. and they stopped the public events. So for me, March 11th is the first day. And since then it's been 51, 58, 59 days, almost, this is like day 58 or 59. So about 60 days total since March 11th. Wow. That's crazy. And, and on March 11th, we were, Oh, hand sanitizer is all we need. Yes. It's such a different world. You know, we had no idea what was really coming or what was really down the pipe. Well, you know, it's really funny when I was at, um, the bike store, nobody working there was wearing masks. Not a single one. I was, but nobody else was. I thought that was rather interesting. Did they try to strike up a conversation with you about why you decided to protect yourself? No. Um, at one point, I think he asked me what I did. And, you know, I said, oh, I work in radio. Oh, well, what do you do on radio? And I'm like, I'm, I'm uh, you know, I'm on the air. And he goes, are you an on-air personality? And oh, what do you talk I like, about? I love when they ask me that. I'm like, I actually talk about local <laughs> yeah. information and, and then play like, music. Yeah. And I was like, well, yeah, I am. And he goes, oh. I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have, what did he say? Something like, I wouldn't have thought with a mask on your face or something like that. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Whatever difference that makes. I mean, yeah. I, I don't can't know, see like, me you anyway, you can't pal. See me? <laughs> I mean, cause you can't see me on the radio anyway, but whatever. I went to eat a bowl of menudo today and they required the mask to go in, not to sit at the table, but they asked everyone to wear a mask while walking to the table or walking through the restaurant, I guess. For the most part, I don't wear it, but I'm not really in a lot of public places where I need to wear it. If I go to H-E-B, obviously I'll wear it. I'm just not around a lot of people. I'm not going to wear it on the golf course. I just feel like No, I, I feel like outside it looks silly. And people, when you're in your car and you're wearing the mask, that also looks silly, you know, because it's like you're by yourself usually, you know? Yeah. Like, why would you, what are you worried about while you're in the car? Yeah. Most of the time, if I have my face mask and I'm going into the store, I will walk up to the store putting it on because there's no point in me having it on in the car. I mean, unless I sit there before I get out and put it on real quick, but it's kind of but, you know, today all of the businesses are reopened and I did venture out a little bit today and I wanted to see how many places were, you know, opened and I was kind of surprised. I didn't, I didn't, well, I, I went by a couple nail salons, but nothing really looked open. Did, did it look like there were crowds at salons at all? Because I was thinking that salons are going to kind of, if, if like the nail places and the pedicure manicure places, I mean, I've, I used to go to one. I say that like I used to go regular. I've went, gone to one twice, and mm -hmm. in, in the shop, they were like every – you could totally line people up one every four people, and you'd be 10 feet away, and they could still have 20 people in there. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. a, hu it's a huge room. Yeah, the one that's over here by my house, I drove by it, and it said open on the door, but the windows are blacked out, which they hadn't been. So I'm like, I can't tell if there's people in there or not. You know what I mean? So I was – When's the last um, time you got your hair cut or did, uh, or did your hair? I don't know. What, what do y'all call it? Uh, well, I dyed my hair at home uh, one time because the roots were just out of control. Like, I mean, as it is, I can start to see my grays popping up again. Um, and that was probably, I guess, a good month ago. And then prior to that, I think it was maybe, maybe before cook-off. Right before cook-off and before rodeo, I had my hair cut and colored. Yeah, so I the my barber cut my hair Friday, last Friday, a week before they were allowed to open. And my barber, I won't refer to their identity in any sort of way, kept on asking me, or I'm going to say kept on asking me more than once, hey, please don't say anything or tell anybody because this is... Oh, yeah, because he could get super trouble or shit. Yeah, I can't believe that they could get in so much trouble like that. I didn't realize it was mm -hmm. that serious. Yeah, because I said something to my my stylist uh, about, hey, what about coming to my house to do it or going to people's houses? And they're like, oh, it's not worth uh, worth the risk of losing your license because one of our coworkers suggested that was having, because their stylist was going to their house and cutting and doing their hair. Oh, so like, let's promote. Oh, better not promote that. Better keep it down. Gyms are next Friday, which I'm looking forward to. Yeah, well, yeah, you have a fancy, you have a fancy gym. So. I know that's what I'm saying. I, I can't go and, and not take advantage of it like I have done for the first 
three months of my membership. Like I need to get in there and, and make the magic happen. Um, and, and I mean, I'm not, I, I guess for the most part, I'm no longer, I'm not really scared of the virus at all. Obviously I still wear the mask for sake of other people. Cause I could be asymptomatic, but I don't think I am. Um, last Sunday I drove down and saw my parents and, and, and I was kind of in this weird place where I thought, you know, I've been playing golf with my dad every Saturday, pretty much for the last four or five weeks. And he hasn't got sick. So clearly I don't have it. He not to make him my Guinea pig, but he would have probably got it by now. This <laughs> is immune systems. Terrible. <laughs> well, he is, well, he is 62 and, yeah. I mean, and, and he's sitting next to me in the golf cart sometimes. So, you know, it, it according and to he, how is he a smoker or any, very, you know. he, he enjoys him a cigarette um, about every couple hours, you know, um, and he's not overweight or anything, but needless to say, if you're over 60, I kind of worry about you to the respect. I don't think you should catch coronavirus and try to see what your body is made of, you know, like yeah. that's not the route to take. But so yeah. I started feeling guilty cause I hadn't gone to see my parents in Goliad, my mom and stepdad. So I was like, you know what? I haven't got my, my dad sick here. I'm going to go see them, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I went and saw them and it was actually really cool. Got to hang out with them for a little while, eat lunch with them and then went and played golf with my cousin and then came back. So this Sunday I'm going back to Goliad again. I'm going to go uh, surprise my mom and um, hang out with her and spend Mother's Day in Goliad before I come back. But just making that trip to see the family is the only sort of like hesitancy or fear, quote unquote, that kind of resonates with me because I feel like I would feel so terribly guilty if I went to go visit my mom and dad and I am asymptomatic and I leave the damn coronavirus in their house. And now they both have it. In our, you know oh, I mean? like, did you hear the story? There was some story I saw on uh, the national news. Can't remember. I don't know if the woman was um, a healthcare worker, but she, she got coronavirus, but she was, I want to say she was a- asymptomatic or didn't show all of the symptoms. She was just kind of like, oh, I don't kind of feel good. Ended up getting her mom sick and her mom died. Oh my gosh. That's what I'm talking could about. You, like, could you imagine living with that guilt for the rest no. of your life? Which is like, precisely I, why I'm saying like, I didn't want to like, I, I, that's where the nerve comes from. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I, like I don't feel sick. I know I'm not sick, but just that small little piece of possibility makes me a little nervous to go, you know, but at the same time, it's like, you know, if that's the will and the fate of the world and that's the way it goes, damn, you know, like that sucks, but damn, you know, that's the way shit was meant to go, I guess, you know, like, I don't want that to happen, but you know, but at the same time I'm being high, you know, I'm taking care of myself. I'm washing my hands and I'm not over there sneezing or coughing or trying to get extra close, you know, like, I think just natural or not natural, the usual hygiene, the usual care and consideration for others doing those things helps keep us all safe, you know, but I can't help but be a little nervous when I'm around my family. Oh yeah. And well, I also find it interesting on the amount of people that don't wear masks. Like I was at, uh, what was it? Academy. And uh, there was so many people that weren't wearing masks. It's just as interesting and looking at the demographics and then like, um, and I mean, I'm just going to be perfectly honest, Hispanics, not Hispanics, uh, you know, black, white, whatever, like seeing the, who, the trend of who wears them and who doesn't like young people don't seem to be wearing them unless they're with their parents. Yeah. I don't, I don't see anybody. Uh, the only people I see to wearing them are usually older folks or, people, I say older folks, people over 30. Um, also Mm -hmm. I think socially aware people will wear them because for the most part, you know, it's not about us as much as it is other people, you know? Um, and I think that's the, the, like, it's not over. Like the cases have still been going up. Like they weren't in the 300 new cases a day. Like they were the day they lifted the Texas stay at home order or the, like by Friday on the first Friday of reopening, like we were hitting the highest new case number that I had seen since I've been following it day by day. Well, you know, it's funny. I've also noticed that I feel like the news is over it. Like they still talk about it, but now that things are being lifted, I definitely feel like here locally, the news, I'm not hearing the numbers anymore every morning. Like I used to, it's, it's like 
Uh, let's talk. Let's go back to talking about the murders <laughs> that are happening. Yeah, it, it, I, I agree, and I think people are a little burned out. But I, I like I don't want to lose sight of the numbers personally because that's how I've been gauging how I'm taking it seriously the whole time since yeah. day one. The way I personally have realized how, or personally decided how I was going to, you know determine how bad it was or good it was or what I thought was on the numbers. I was going to be very, very clear. How is my zip code doing? How is my city doing? How is my county doing? How is the greater Houston area doing? I watched mm -hmm. all those numbers, and then I found a number that made the most sense to me, and that was the greater Houston area, which technically is the KHOU viewing area, but I call mm -hmm. it all bull country. You know, so to me, if, yeah. you, if you're watching KHOU, you're likely also listening to the bull. And I think I can safely call it the greater Houston area. And so that's the number I've been watching on daily increases. And for a while, it was like 198, 220, 230, 215, 230, 220. And then all of a sudden, it was like 320, 340, 320, 310. Now it's back to 280, 275, 260. But it hasn't got back down to the 100s yet. You know, mm -hmm. and and so like I'm really I was wanting to try to scour out the new zip code map also to see where the new see if the same zip codes are the same places that were being hit hardest. Like League City, I know has a lot of cases. Also over in Katy, like we had talked about that on the last last podcast, there were a lot. There's certain areas of town that just have a lot more cases than others. And so how yeah. has that grown? Well, and some of that I also wonder is that households. You know, is there a significant amount of people in a household and they all got each other sick and they all live in the same neighborhood? Uh-huh. So like the 200 new cases, that might have been 20 families of four. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's the right Yeah, answer. or, you know, or like, I know but 40 families um, a friend, his dad lives in this neighborhood and all of his brothers all live in this same neighborhood with their wives and their children. They all live in the same subdivisions and they all go to you know, the one brother's house every Sunday for dinner. It's like, hmm, y'all aren't social distancing whatsoever, but whatever. Yeah, and I think that there's a – like, I've been playing poker with a group of guys. They're all in their, like, mid-20s, late-20s, I guess. And mm -hmm. part of me kind of feels guilty about it at the same time. Like, I know none of us are sick. If any of us feel sick, stay home, you know. Like, right. Um, we're not sneezing, coughing, you know. I, I think that we're all fine. Um on a slightly different note, along with the pandemic, is that viral video that was going around called Plandemic, where they were trying to say that the entire coronavirus situation is this giant plan by the government to force us to take a vaccine that was created by Bill Gates because he funded a lab that was the one who is accused of manufacturing the virus to some degree. Basically, it's it was this video that went viral for the anti-vax and then vaxxer debate you know how okay. I, I i'm generalizing but usually it's housewives at home arguing with one another about why they should or should not be required to vaccinate their kids and mm -hmm. what what causes you know what comes from a vaccine what doesn't and there's this giant debate that i believe is a daily debate for some people and this video was created by the anti-vaxxer side of the argument for a lack of better terms then they took a whole bunch of facts from true facts of coronavirus pandemic you know like cases and numbers and this and that and then they tried to string a, a string through it all to make it seem like it was this giant conspiracy and to believe the conspiracy you would have to believe that you know i did the, I, I researched that there's 950,000 approximately 950,000 medical professionals in the usa like doctors, nurses, everything, about a million, right? So this documentary or this 26-minute video was arguing that all of those doctors, with the exception of the five in this video, have been keeping everything quiet so that the, because the government's been paying them hush money so that they can make us all take this vaccine. Oh, well, um, that sounds ridiculous. I would say tell that. Show that video to the uh, family uh, in, what is it, New Jersey, and, and their daughter was a doctor, and she just killed herself because of what's going on. Because of how bad she, it is, what she sees every she day. She was one of the front lines. She was working, I believe, at a hospital in New York City, and she was starting to get run down, and they 
you know, told her to go home. And so her parents, I believe, went and got her and had them, had her staying with them. And they were kind of trying to get her mentally back up to speed. And she was just wore out and she ended up killing herself. Wow. That's terrible. You know, and that's like, I get it. You want to find a reason. It's fun to think about conspiracy theories. I love a good conspiracy theory. And, and I watched all 26 minutes and about midway through, I was like, man, you were, you, you were dedicated. Yeah. I wanted to know. I was like, man, what is on with this? Everyone is sharing this. What is so compelling? And it was a very compelling 26 minutes. It really was. But there, maybe it's because we're in a industry where tone of voice and music and score and editing, we're, we're kind of familiar with these things. And so when things kind of start to get a little wonky, we, our, our radar kind of goes up and we're like, wait a minute, is that guy really a part of this video or did they just edit that in? And there's a lot of like narration and merging of audio clips that really kind of made me suspicious. Like when you've got to do that much editing, something is up. Like, and, yeah. and I don't like anything that only gives me a small 30, less than 30 second, somebody talking. And then they try to use those three or four sentences to prove their point. See, you can't trust him because he said this. Well, well, I don't know what question he was answering. So I like that might yeah. be the appropriate answer to that question. Why should I all of a sudden believe every answer he gives is bullshit now? Because because you edited this together to sound like that, you know? Right. Um, well, and, and it's funny. I didn't hear about that video. I just know I have a, a girlfriend and she was, I, it was some video. There was like a group of five or six, and maybe it's the same one group of five or six doctors who thinks, think coronavirus is just a bunch of hype. You know what yeah, I mean? That, that the media numbers and the projections and because it all doesn't add up, it must mean that there's some sort of like, you know, conspiracy at play here to, you know, to, and to, what's interesting is she's a doc, she's a nurse. Her husband, I believe is a doctor or I don't know if a, a radiologist. I don't know if that's also a doctor, but I mean, they're both in the medical profession. Now I don't think he's working right now. So I think her uh, being upset is, I don't know why we're shutting everything down. My Let's husband lost his work. job. I need to get, yeah. yeah. She's the, I want to, you know, we want to work, but. Well, that's this, her. so a lady had posted the video and, and, and this is probably the most irritating part to me of the whole thing. Wasn't even the video as much as it was the naivety of folks who were believing a cut and paste job. So while this video was going viral yesterday, most of the posts were tagged with people writing, YouTube keeps taking this down. Keep reposting it. Here's a new loot. Here's a new link. This is, they're trying to keep us from seeing this. They keep on taking it down. Every post I saw were people claiming that YouTube was trying to take this video down to keep it from getting out to the masses, which is what further pushed the agenda of this video and conspiracy. Well, what, these naive internet users failed to realize was that the video was on an original website. Ironically, pandemicmovie.com, the name of the video that they're constantly sharing a YouTube link from. YouTube keeps taking it down because it's infringing on copyright of the original poster. And because there's so many people <laughs> trying to get uh, clout and virality out of this video. They keep ripping the video and posting it to their own accounts so that when people Google the video, they find their YouTube channel. And so that's creating this giant layer of other sites and other YouTube users claiming to have the video. And so YouTube keeps taking them down because it's not their video. But if you go to the original website, the video has never been altered or taken down. But none of these people would believe that because somebody shared that it's being taken down and we got to keep sharing it. I went to one guy's status where there were like eight different guys all posting different links to the same video to try and keep it alive so the government wouldn't shut it down. Oh, my God. And like, I'm not trying to be a jerk here. You know, I'm not trying to. To, to call people dumb or say people are stupid. That's not at all what I'm trying to do. I'm saying, A, the video was <laughs> dumb. The video, I'm just thinking, I'll tell people they're stupid. Like, uh, Well, this lady I makes, this, the whole point of that is this lady made a post 
calling me out, not by name, but because I went to her thread and said, hey, here's the link to the actual video. It's not being taken down. It's only being taken down off of YouTube for copyright infringement. By the way, here's a link to information that disputes this video as a conspiracy. Well, that made me a, a, the, an idiot, right? It made me a mean and angry public figure. And so she posts on her page, can't believe a person would use their public platform to call me dumb over blah, blah, blah. And in nowhere did I call that lady dumb. In no way, shape, or form. She read my Facebook post, and because I said the concept of the conspiracy video was dumb, she then believed I was calling her dumb. And so then her friends start messaging me asshole comments and Facebook messages and bombarding my posts, calling me names and stuff. And I have to keep blocking these men who are trying to defend her on my page because they think that I'm a jerk. Because I was, Oh, my God. And so I went back to her page and I left a comment saying, look, I never called you dumb at all. Normally, I wouldn't even defend myself, but I'm here to tell you that nowhere was I disrespectful even one time. And now your friends, because of your post, are calling me names and being rude to me on my page for no reason. And, and what, did she say anything? She goes, this is all getting out of hand. I think I'm just going to take this post down. I can't believe this, blah, blah, blah. Guess what? The post is still up. You know, and, and all that to say that 24 hours later, nobody is talking about that video online. With all of this going on, how are we changing as, as people, as a society, right? You know. Um, you know, Mother's Day is this this weekend, and is this going to be a more thoughtful and loving Mother's Day than it has in the past? You know, are people going to be nicer to each other? Sometimes I want to believe that we would ha have a little more sense of center and like know what's important. But then I hear stuff like that where people are still being bullies uh, and being all fired up. I'm like, no. We're we're no better than we were 60 days ago. We're like we, I feel like we haven't learned anything. You know. I, yeah, it, it it really seems like uh, we came together, but we're still looking for ways to be mad at each other over nothing. Oh yeah, and granted, I posted something on my Facebook today, and I was irritated, at, just because. Well, let's talk about it. So we had the Blue Angels in town. And they flew over the city of Houston and area to say thank you to all the frontline workers, right? We posted about it on our social media pages. The station did. I only saw one negative Nancy comment about the entire thing. And it was some ding dong that was pissed off that the Blue Angels weren't flying to Galveston because there's a hospital down there too. And it's like, okay, well, sorry they're not you know but you might see them on their way out okay so that was the only complaint i saw now keep in mind i voice tracked that station in portland and the oregon national guard did a flyover of the area hospitals they did a much more extensive flyover they went over to the washington state side flew over one of their hospitals which it's right across the river it's no different than say woodlands and spring right um and they then went up the the river the columbia river gorge up towards mount hood went around some hospitals down there went flew back into the portland area flew around all of the area hospitals then went out to the oregon coast and flew up the coast and uh over hospitals there as well. And they all had it timed out. Then they went down to Southern Oregon. So all that to say is, I would think people would think it's amazing. You know what I mean? Like be they're super covering, grateful. How cool is that? Yeah. Yeah, they're covering pretty much all of Oregon, right? And I had several people comment on those posts saying, what a giant waste of taxpayer dollars. I about wanted to punch my fist through a wall. Like. <laughs> I was just so pissed. Well, because they were wasting taxpayer dollars? I was mad because it's like, it's a cool, it, this is cool. And the whole purpose in the article, number one, they weren't wasting taxpayer dollars. The Oregon National Guard every week does flight uh, practices. You know, they do training every week. So instead of doing their training, they replaced this with their training. So oh, so it was going to happen anyway. Yeah, 
they were going to fly anyway. They just decided to do, a, do this instead to build the morale of people around the state. And then you've got all these negative Nancys, like, ah, oh, taxpayer dollars, and getting all fired up. And that up. person probably like, hasn't left their house in, a, in three months anyway. Yeah. And their, and their restrictions out there are so much more than ours. Like, we're going back to, you know, going back to work. Businesses are reopening out there. Um, there are no concerts, no sporting events, no mass gatherings until September. And like, I mean, that's, crazy. I think that, well, I think that's probably what's going to happen here too. They just haven't said it. I, I think that they're being careful how they give us information because they don't want us to freak out. But right. I have a feeling that there's going to, I have a feeling there won't be any concerts for the rest of the year. That's my opinion. But I just uh, yeah, can't see it happening. I can see that happening for sure. But I think I just got, I got, I started complaining about complainers because I was <laughs> like, you know, here is this, you know, really cool event that's happening. And, and instead of appreciating it for what it is, like, you, and, and they didn't even read the article. Cause oh, article yeah. they saw the headline. They were call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Reacted to the content because they were already mad and fired up, so here's another place to, to throw my anger at. Yeah, and it's like if they read the article, they would have seen this is in lieu of their, uh, you know, weekly training. You know, and it's like, and they, uh, it's almost like the news station there knew people would get pissed off about taxpayer dollars, so they made sure to put that, you know? Yeah, yeah. It was like unbelievable. Well, the, uh, that makes me think about when we watched the Blue Angels. So first, my Blue Angels experience was very different. Um, I, I'm, my, I'm super familiar with them from living in Corpus Christi. Uh, they would do an air show every year where they would like fly right over people's houses and people would go sit on the roof of the house and watch them do flips and turns and 360s and, you know, Missy Man formation. Like they would do all kinds of, they would show off, you know what I mean? Oh, Look, yeah. And then they would put radio DJs in the cockpit as radio DJs used, they used to let them go ride with them and then videotape oh. them. So you could go ride with the Blue Angels. Well, and that's because the Naval Air Station is down in Corpus. And uh, okay. so it, it just, it's part of the culture of Corpus Christi. Well, the, uh, so watching it from the parking garage, A, it was the highest I've ever been up watching them but it was right. also the slowest i'd ever seen them drive by um but also they were showing respect they weren't putting on an air show there was a difference you know they weren't yeah. there to be like look how badass we are they were there to show hey let's all respect yeah. and honor they're our not troops. trying to pull a maverick or anything yeah yeah they're not trying to buzz the tower here you know so uh having so watching it put me in a little different place i guess i was expecting a lot more excitement but it was awesome, I think, watching everyone else see them for the first time. Like listening to the people around me talk about it. They had never seen them. They'd only heard of them. That made it nostalgic for me where I was like, I felt really lucky to have spent so much time that I took for granted watching them in the past. You know, I'd seen them so many times that it right. wasn't even a big deal to me. But these people, it was the first time, and they were just amazed at just watching them fly so close. And so that was rewarding for me, getting to see that sort of sentiment in people. And then – um and then on the but nothing compared to yours because you had a really great view in the medical center and a dead body and so <laughs> i've been waiting to ask you because i didn't want to i didn't know the whole story but i'd seen some of the clips on the news about it so why oh, was there yeah. a dead body and what body of water was that um okay so when you so i rode my bike i recorded part of my show and i rode my bike down there and uh got down to herman park right at you know like 
literally got off my bike and was ready to park it. And I heard some man go, there they are. I can hear them. But I was like, oh, dear God. All right. So get out the phone, start recording. And I got like, I hit record and boom, they, you know, fly and do the, start doing the circle. So we waited there, you know, there was a bunch of people and we all waited because remember how they did the loop? And then they flew out to Sugarland mm -hmm. and then went up, up to, to Cyprus. Or Cyprus, yeah. Yeah, it went up towards Willowbrook Mall and then came back down uh, 290 and then down then to downtown and then back. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought we might see him again on that way back down, but we didn't. So we waited there and then I was like, well, let's just walk around the park. So you've got the. You, you know where you go into Herman Park and there's the guy on the horse? Yes. Okay, so that's where we watch them. And then there's the fountain. So here's the guy with the horse, fountain, and then there's like the thing that looks kind of like the Washington Monument yes, at yeah, the yeah, other yeah. end of the park. I, what, what, do you know what that monument is? Oh, you know what? I should have looked, but I got distracted by the dead body. All right? So go Could you see the body in the water? No, you, they had taken it out by then. So I start walking that way and I start seeing all these cop cars that were official vehicles. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? And then I look and there's caution tape and I look and I see forensic science, Houston forensic science or whatever. And I was like, what the heck? So I go towards the water and there's, it's near the Japanese garden, whatever. Um, I think there's, yeah, I guess there's a Japanese garden there, which I wasn't aware of, but then after that fountain, there's a little walkway, and then there's another, like, little lake area, and I see some people, and I said, hey, what's going on over there? And they're like, oh, there's a dead body. There was a dead body in the water, and I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, look over there. You see the white sheet? The body's underneath it. I was like, oh, my God. So there it is, like, in this wooded area, and there's this white sheet and a body covered up, and I took a picture. By the time I took a picture, though, uh, they had taken the white sheet off and they started looking at the dead body. So I actually have a picture of the dead body. And let me just tell you, rigor mortis had already set in because it looks like, you know, that dance that Michael Jackson does in Thriller? Oh, no. <laughs> like the hands are up like that, the legs. Wow. You know, that's what the person looked like. If you look at the picture, I'm like, oh, damn, I didn't even realize I did that. But oh, yeah. Oh, no. And then you sent us the one picture where the family's taking a picture of the dead bodies behind them. <laughs> Oh, Isn't that no. funny? Like, here they are, like, oh, it's a great day at the park. And now oh, here's the crime scene, like, literally 20 yards so I away found, from them. I found what it all is. The Pioneer Memorial Granite Obelisk. Obelisk? Obelisk? O-B-E-L-I-S-K. I'm probably sounding okay. like an idiot not knowing what that word is, but I know I've seen it. Located on Molly Ann Smith Plaza between the Jones Reflection Pool and McGovern Lake. Honors the early pioneers who founded Houston. The monument was placed in Herman Park in 1936 to celebrate the centennial of Texas independence. It was created by a German immigrant, Frank A. Tyke, who, or Take, who came to the U.S. in 1878. So hmm. you, were, you were at the uh, Reflection Pool and McGovern Lake at Molly Ann Smith Plaza. Yes, and that is where the body was found. So I also had an interaction, not interaction, a uh, moment with police on top of my parking garage. So I was like the third one up there. And I had a little place where I could set my cup on the, on the rail. So I had a cup holder and everything, you know, and I've been up there before hanging out with friends, drinking and hanging out, just gallivanting, you know, it's just a really awesome view, honestly. And so it starts to fill up and now there's about 20 people up there. Right. And up comes this police cruiser fast, like a police black and whites. Like I heard it rev and it parks quickly up on the top of the parking garage and everyone kind of makes a murmur. You can kind of hear this. Ooh, like, and they, they all, yeah. and they, uh, passenger driver, rear passenger rear driver, four guys hop out. They're all wearing bulletproof vests. And then up comes this blue Explorer. Whoop, same one parks right next to it. Out jumps six more SWAT members. Now, <laughs> now on the parking garage, you hear a loud, everyone's looking around and I'm like smiling. I've got my camera out. Cause I'm like, uh, what in the world is going on here? They were all there just to see the Blue Angels. They thought they were about to miss it, so they were hurrying, and they freaked everybody out. <laughs> oh, my God. That's all it was? Was they yes. trying to see it? And, and, and so what a lot of people don't know is right outside of Edo, so you know where 59 is, and then Lucky's and East Downtown and Minute Maid Park. Well, George R. Brown in the convention center, there's a police department. 
and it's the downtown division of the police department. And then underneath 59 right there, you'll see lots of cop cars. And that's because that's where the police keep their vehicles for the downtown police division. So there's oh, okay. always police in and out of East downtown all the time. It always looks like a crime scene is going on, but it's just cops coming to and from work. And so all wow. those guys likely were in the downtown SWAT division and they knew that the best parking garage, because where I was, was the prime view of downtown. Um, they flew over it twice. And so, and then you could see the med center from our garage too. So clearly they just were going to the best view and it just freaked everybody out a little bit because you know, everyone was yeah. a little edgy anyway. And then you see these SWAT members out of an unmarked blue Explorer hop out with bulletproof vests on and you're like, what the hell is going I on? I, I mean, I'll be honest, I will be driving down the road and I see a cop and I'm not even speeding, but I kind of poop my pants a little bit every single time. You know what I mean? It's like, you always kind of like, Ooh. <laughs> well, have I ever told you the story where we got surrounded by police in a, in a drug bust gone wrong, basically, or not oh. a drug bust, but a robbery gone wrong? This happened probably in 2000. I was probably 22. So I'm going to go with 2004, 2005. My roommate and I, who now works in Montgomery County, we reconnected after 10, 12 years of not being roommates anymore. He lived here in Kingwood area. We get a call from his sister. She says, hey, they found your checkbook in downtown Corpus Christi. A police officer has it, and he says, if you want it, he'll meet up with you and give it to you. Just bring your ID. And he's like, finally, I've been looking for that damn thing. And he's like, man, when was mm -hmm. I downtown? And Corpus is small, you know. We don't spend a lot of time in downtown. And, and he and I couldn't really realize, figure out when we were there. Maybe we were drinking and forgot or something, you know. So I was like, well, I'll drive you, man. You know, so he gets in the car and I drive. We ain't got nothing to do. It's like 10 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday morning or something. It's around Christmas time. It's in, in December. It's a nice morning. Andres calls the police, the number, the police department guy, the, the police officer, and he tells him he's a, a police officer from Odom, which is a small town around Corpus, and he'll meet us in Portland, which is kind of in between the two towns, right? So we're like, mm -hmm. all right, whatever. Well, I do think it's a little weird that an Odom police officer found his checkbook in downtown Corpus Christi and wants us to meet him at Wendy's in Portland. Like, it just seems like a weird mix of areas, right? And so we're driving to the Wendy's in Portland, and it's in this really hard-to-get location. It's like in this former Kmart shopping center parking lot, and you have to pull into the Kmart parking lot to get to the Wendy's parking lot because the access road doesn't have a direct entering point. And so we missed the turn, and I was like, man, if they're already waiting for us, they probably think we are crazy the way we're driving around trying to get to this damn Wendy's. We pull up to the Wendy's, and there's like an electrical truck, which looks like a CP&L truck. And I pull up like three parking spots over and we're not actually in the Wendy's parking lot. We're in the Kmart parking lot. So I pull mm -hmm. up, you know, three seats or three spots over and Andres gets out of the car. And as he gets out, he goes, that doesn't look like a police officer or these guys don't look like police officers. That's what he says. And I go, yeah, you're right. And so he goes around the back of the truck and then four undercover cop cars surround us, guns drawn, freeze, hands up, get your hands out, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, my God, almost shitting myself. You know, I got my hands out of my, out of my driver's side door. At this time, I'm in a 2000 Mitsubishi Silver Eclipse, a nice little sports car, you know, not super. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And I got my oh, hands out, you know, I'm like freaking out. And uh, they, they come over to my door, gunpoint, open the door, tell me to get out. And I got my hands up, and they put me on the car, and they frisked me, and they turned me around, and they're like, where, where were you at at 9.45 this morning, this and that? And I was like. I was at my house playing Madden with my roommate. And he goes, is there anyone that can corroborate your story? And I was like, y yes, sir. Um, our friend Cody was there. He picked up Waterburger and he had come over to hang out, which is all true. And Cody was still at the house playing Madden. You know what I mean? Uh, we told him we'll be right back, you know. Um, and so he, 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 I call Cody from my phone. Cody answers, and it's the police officer on the phone. He's like, is this Cody? And obviously Cody says yes. And he's like, you know, this is, you know, Sergeant so-and-so with, Gregory Portland or Ingleside Police Department and I need to know where you're at and what you were doing at 945 this morning and he tells them the same story and then they hang up the phone and they've meanwhile taken Andres across the parking lot and they're questioning him of course his story also lines up that we've been playing Madden all morning and we got this phone call about the checkbook which drove us prompted us to drive over here apparently in Ingleside that morning a house was robbed and all the Christmas presents were taken and the gun rack was robbed whoever robbed the house before going 
stopped at Whataburger and bought breakfast in which they paid by check with my roommate's check. And so when they went to the house to rob it, they ate the Whataburger at the house, leaving the bags and the receipts. So they traced the receipt back to Ingleside where Ingleside, they asked the Ingleside Whataburger, what do these guys look like? What kind of vehicle were they in? This and that. And these men are expected to be armed and dangerous because they stole a whole gun cabinet worth of guns along with the presents, right? So they say two Hispanic males in a silver sports car. So when we pull up as two Hispanic males in a silver sports car, they're pretty sure they, they got they their guys. The yes, they think we drove right into their trap. And they are ready to open fire on us. You know what I mean? And so they search my vehicle. I've got nothing but college textbooks and clothes and random. You know, there's nothing dangerous at all in my vehicle. Like golf clubs maybe are the most dangerous thing I have, you know. They, so they go, all right, guys, you know, it looks like there's some confusion. We need you all to come with us to the Whataburger for identification. And so at this point, I'm like, what the hell? Like, what if they think it's us? What if, they, what if she doesn't know? And she's like, yeah, that's them. You know, like, we're screwed. <laughs> yeah. Like, like we're, we're one false identification away from going to prison here, you know? <laughs> so we, and don't drop the soap for the rest of your Oh, life. my gosh, right? Terrified. And they walk us into the Whataburger like damn criminals. And they're like, are these the men? And the lady goes, oh, no, that's not them. And I was like, oh, praise Jesus. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and, and as we're walking back to the car, I'm like, man, that would have really sucked if she would have been like, yeah, that's them. <laughs> and Andres, like, elbows me really hard. I'm like, I'm just saying it would suck. Like, it would have sucked. You know, I'm glad it's not us. It's clearly not us, you know. And so that was the end of it. Um, I don't know if they ever caught the guy or not, but that was a really, really terrifying morning. Um, I, I mean, how ballsy, though. Oh, let's go get some Whataburger taquitos and just sit our happy asses on their couch and then. I mean, my thought is, um, they ate the food there. There's got to be some sort of DNA evidence. Like, got to be like, you know, or on the check itself, there had to be some form of way to investigate that. But also they thought they had a solid lead because I think that when they looked up Andres, they probably found out everything about him, where he lived, where his apartment was. Like if they were that, mm -hmm. if you're that deep into an investigation, you've looked into who your suspect is a little bit. You don't just invite them to the Wendy's to try and put them at gunpoint without knowing their background to some degree, you know? Right. So they, I think that they, you know, they knew that uh, maybe a silver sports car was listed at that residence where he lived, Hispanic male. There could have been a lot of reasons they brought it together, but clearly the check and that Whataburger all kind of linked them together. They thought they had a slam dunk, but we always wondered who stole the checkbook because his checkbook did get stolen when we were moving from one apartment to the next. It disappeared. So we had a cut, like we got to see the check and the signature and we put a, like they didn't even spell his name right in the, in the, when they signed the check. And so there was a lot of it where we were like, man, like we, we had two or three former people that used to hang at our apartment that we thought it could have been, but we never got to the bottom of it. And who pays with check anymore? I mean, oh, let's I be honest. It was 2004, but yeah, we used to pay our rent with checks at that time or a money. Oh yeah, order, but, for sure. So yeah, uh, it was, oh man, that was the wildest. Woo. No good. I've never, I've never had that happen. I've but never, that's what that, I had the flashbacks when I saw those guys jump out of the vehicle on the roof. I was like, oh, what are they here a little, for? Had a little PTSD moment. <laughs> oh, a little bit, a little bit. But This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.